Hi, everyone, and welcome to Racing Best Bets, the racing podcast that's part of the Total Sports 24-7 Network. This is Chris Hayes, the host and producer for this podcast and all podcasts across the Total Sports 24-7 Network. You can find this episode when it is posted on our website, totalsports247.podbean.com. You can also find past episodes of this podcast and all podcasts across the network there. Follow us on X at totalsports underscore 247 as well. We are very active on that platform, not just with our own uh, bet recommendations and promotions, those sorts of things, but also promoting the work of other handicappers so you can find out who to follow just by following me. And we uh, have a newsletter as well, uh, weekendweekout.substack.com. We are uh, planning through right now what we're going to publish in the next few weeks uh, across the sports landscape. We do want to still get some NASCAR information out there via the newsletter, uh, along with some other sports, maybe some tennis, maybe some baseball as well. And then uh, lastly, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever it is you get your podcasts. Uh, it doesn't have to be the website. doesn't have to be Podbean. It can be. I see it very easily there. But I can see it just as easily on whatever platform you use. So let's talk a little bit about Daytona last week. We had a guest on last week, Krabby Jerkface on Twitter, Candace Fleming. She will be back for uh, different uh, races throughout the season. She is not here today, but rest assured that she will be giving her best bet recommendations throughout the NASCAR season. She hit on Christopher Bell plus three, or sorry, uh, top three. At plus, I believe it was 550 that that bet came in. That was her best bet. And the one that I hit on was Corey LaJoy for top 10. And I believe it was plus uh, maybe 140 or so uh, by the time that the the race uh, went off. William Byron did win in a photo finish type of uh, affair with uh, Alex Bowman. There was a crash uh, between the two of them along with Ross Chastain that cleared a good amount of the field and the three of them became unscathed and uh, in the final uh, uh, last couple moments of that race I believe it was Austin Sindrick who ended up causing some sort of wreck don't quote me on that it might not have been him but at the very least he was involved and at that point uh, Byron was declared the winner given how far they were uh, or far how far they had gone in the race and 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 how close they were to the finish line. So Byron wins and Bowman gets in second place. It's interesting that Bowman winning the pole all these years did not win the race and he was maybe in his best opportunity to win the race when he was not on the pole. Uh, our pole sitters, uh, or front row last week was Joey Logano uh, in uh, the pole position and then Michael McDowell was in second. And we have the reverse for Atlanta. We've got Michael McDowell winning his first pole ever in, I think it was 467 starts, something like that. And he is in first, and he's on the front row with Logano. Let's talk about some other uh, key players and where they're sitting on the uh, on the start line today. Then we'll get into a little bit of this track, Atlanta Motor Speedway, uh, now that it is uh, one of the three drafting tracks, but it is different from... Uh, what you see at Daytona and Talladega. Talladega. We'll explain a little bit, and then we'll get into some of our plays. So we've got McDowell and Logano on the front row. Row two, Kyle Busch 
And uh, Todd Gilliland in row two, sitting there uh, with that alliance with uh, Penske for front row racing. We've got Michael McDowell and Todd Gilliland, two of the top four, uh, with that smaller team there at front row racing. Really exciting uh, times for them. It's, it's almost like reminding me a little bit about what Trackhouse did a couple years ago with Suarez and Ross Chastain. And not in the exact same way. They don't have that image, like that bad boy image that Trackhouse has, mostly due to due to Chastain. But it's it's an, it's a small team that is putting up big numbers, and that's really exciting for the sport. Kyle Larson in row three alongside last year's NASCAR champion Ryan Blaney, and then Busher and Austin Sindrick in row four with Chase Briscoe and Austin Dillon rounding out the top 10. Uh, other drivers of note here as we go through the uh, entire field, Byron and Martin Truex sit on row six. Remember, Byron won the Daytona 500 last week. Denny Hamlin is in row seven. We've got Alex Bowman alongside Bubba Wallace in row nine. Uh, Brad Kazalowski sits back in row 12. Chase Elliott is down in row 14. And uh, one of our drivers that we like this year, and we mentioned this last week on the pod with uh, Dale Jr. thinking he'll make the playoffs, uh, Corey LaJoy sits back in row 16. So an, uh, a pretty unfortunate qualifying uh, uh, run for LaJoy in his Chevrolet. And so that's how we look to start uh, at Daytona, or sorry, at Atlanta today. This is the Amp Better Health 400. So it's 400 miles around this mile and a half track. So this is what's different about Atlanta versus Daytona and Talladega. Uh, Talladega is the largest track, it's just over two and a half miles. Daytona is exactly two and a half miles. And then Atlanta here is one and a half. So they're not going to be going as fast on this track, despite it being a, a uh, super speedway, so to speak, or a drafting track. That's number one. So it's a shorter track. Number two, it's not nearly as wide as Talladega. That's for sure. It might be similar to the width of Daytona. You could see some three wide racing here in Atlanta, but here's the thing. So this certainly played out in the Xfinity race yesterday, and I imagine it will as well today. There is much more single file racing at Atlanta with the revamped track versus what you would see at Daytona or Talladega. Oftentimes in the Daytona and Talladega races, you've got a lot of side-by-side uh, -side racing, right? A lot of drafting off each other, lots of lead changes, and the momentum of the inside versus outside line changes depending on the conditions of the track, uh, how far cars are in lap-wise in terms of the uh, rub on their tires. It, it, weather can certainly uh, have an impact Atlanta has not played that way so far in its first two years. So uh, just looking at a little bit at the history of this track within the first couple of years, right? Let's start with actually last week in Daytona. This will give you an indication, okay? So the race uh, was uh, a little over three hours long. And there were 41 lead changes with 20 different drivers in the lead at some point during the race last week, all right? And that's 
Certainly not unusual for Daytona. This track here in Atlanta, okay? So it's been with this new setup, the super speedway design, only for the last two years. The first time they ran... In 2022, there were 46 lead changes among 20 different drivers. So it was playing out <laughs> kind of what you would see at most other uh, drafting tracks, notably, again, Daytona Talladega. Then they ran uh, the second race in 2022. The lead changes went down to 27 among 12 drivers. And then last year, 2023, this race, this, this March race, 20 lead changes among 13 different drivers and then the fall race or the second race in 2023 only 18 lead changes among 12 drivers so it's not playing out as drivers have gotten used to how the track how you can run on it it's not playing out like what you see at your typical super speedway You'll see, again, a lot of single-file racing. I think pit stops are going to be key to make them clean. Fuel saving might be key as well to shorten those pit stops a little bit. So I don't want you as uh, a NASCAR um, sort of better here to think whoever's good at Talladega and whoever is good at Daytona will be good here. They might be, but it wouldn't... I don't think equate 100% to the fact that they are a good super speedway or a good drafting driver. They are different. Atlanta is showing that it is driving different in these uh, first couple years. And I anticipate more this time around of a race with 18 lead changes among 12 drivers, like we saw in the second race of 2023, rather than 46 lead changes among 20 drivers, like we saw in the first iteration of this new track. I think it was that racers were trying to figure out how to navigate the course. And I think they were anticipating that it was going to drive like a super speedway more than it actually does, which is why you see super, more super speedway type results in that first race than you do at the end. The average speed in 2022, the first race was 126.5 miles an hour, and the final race was 118.4 miles per hour. That was last year. And for comparison, Daytona, they average 157 0.1 miles per hour for the completion of the Daytona 500. So those are the stats on Atlanta. Again, I think much more single file racing than you see at the other super speedways. You'll still see, I mean, it is a drafting track. You will still see that. But uh, like I said, the Xfinity race yesterday had a lot of single file racing and it felt as if the top line was much more dominant than the bottom. So if you if you do pull out of line and go to the bottom and try to draft, it's going to be even more significant to get more volume of help behind you to sustain the line. If you fall out of line and you don't have help, you will fall back very quickly here. We have seen the track play that way. And that fear of losing track position, I think, is why you've seen uh, the, the single file racing be the dominant type at this track. So let's look at some results from the last couple of years. And I think that Atlanta is going to be the one of the more challenging tracks to predict on the circuit because it is new. 
meaning that this new design has only been in effect for the last two years. So you really can't draw on a ton of history from this track to say who will win and who won't. But what we can say is, you know, I think oftentimes with Daytona and Talladega, people throw caution to the wind when they're betting because they say, oh, well, they could be a last lap wreck. Anybody could win this thing. So let's just take a bunch of long shots and see where that takes us. What we've seen for Atlanta is the cream rising to the top. So the first race, William Byron won in, uh, oh, sorry, not William Byron. That's uh, a mistake. The first race, 2022, was... Oh, it was William Byron. Sorry, he did win the first race in 2022. So the first iteration of this race, William Byron was the winner. The second one in 2022, the winner was Chase Elliott. And 2023, we had two races. The first one, Joey Logano won. And the second one was won by William Byron again. So... Names that you would expect to be at the top were right there. And it's not like uh, just a random assortment of drivers at the top either. So we might be a little bit more conventional in our picks today. We do have a long shot or two that we're going to recommend. And we uh, have that driver that we like. Uh, according to Dill Jr., let's just say, that we're going to make another play on, and we have the information to back that up. So let's get into some of our favorite plays for today. Our first play is going to be, you know what, let's start from the bottom and go with our um, winners towards the end. So we have two top finishes, uh, top 10 finishes that we're going to play, and all these bets are coming off the Caesars uh, book it we were going to record this yesterday but there were not a lot of available plays at most of the major books and I was looking at DraftKings right now the the site that I normally use for most of the podcasts across the network and they only had from what I could see winner top three and top five and then there were a couple uh, matchup bets and things like that but we didn't see enough out there uh, to use that book as the primary source for this episode. We we much prefer what's out there for Caesars for today. So our first play is going to be Corey LaJoy, top 10 finish at plus 200. He had a top 10 finish first at Daytona, and he has had great success in the first couple races here in Atlanta. So the first time they raced here, he finished fifth. The last time they raced here in 2023, or sorry, the first race in 2023, he finished fourth. So the 2022 spring race for Atlanta, he finished fifth. And the 2023 spring race for Atlanta, he finished fourth. He finished 21st in the fall 2022. And he finished down at 31st in the fall of 2023. But we're certainly encouraged by those top five performances in back-to-back years. Super Speedways or drafting tracks are by far his best type of track. And if he is going to make a playoff push and get into the final 16, it would behoove him to win a race, first of all, not try to get in on points. Because, like I said, 
this is his best kind of track and there aren't many of them on the circuit, right? So we think he's going to make big pushes here, here again in the fall and also Talladega and Daytona to really try and get into the uh, championship conversation come the final 16. He's raced well so far this year. Again, with the top 10 finish, he's raced well in Atlanta. And these odds, relative to some other drivers, we think are quite favorable. So Corey LaJoy at plus 200, that's going to be our first play for a top 10 finish. Our second play is going to be Todd Gilliland for a top 10 finish as well. And when we look at his odds, he's at plus 175. Now, mind you, he's sitting in fourth right now. Showed a ton of speed in qualifying. And something we really like about the position that Gilliland is in, in and also with Michael McDowell, is they are you know with Front Row Motorsports, but they have this agreement with Team Penske for... Um, for support, and we think that is going to play to the advantage of both of these drivers, McDowell and Gilliland, throughout the season. This is Gilliland's first season with Front Row Motorsports. He was with Rick Ware before, a team that does not have access to you know that high level equipment and you know the resources that uh, you know the major teams do, and. Uh, we think that Gilliland's stock could rise a lot this year because of this partnership and uh, getting in a good car. And, uh, you know, we saw it in qualifying. We think it could carry through to uh, a top 10 finish at least. He, I mean, he doesn't even have to hold his pole position, right? The 38 is in the four spot or the starting position, not his pole position. He's in the fourth spot. And as long as he's, smart about his stops during the race, we think top 10 is definitely doable. So we like Todd Gilliland at plus 175 for a top 10 finish. That we think is great value given his relative starting position, right? We've got Eric Jones at plus 170. He's starting in last. So we really like these. That's a value at this as a value play, and these uh, two plays we like a lot. So some other plays that we are eyeing will go to the top five finish. We have one top five finish, and then we're going to go with three guys as uh, winners uh, before we close here. The top five finish we're going with is Ryan Blaney. This top five finish odds are at plus 180. Blaney is an excellent, excellent super speedway racer. And we think that the momentum he had from last year is going to carry forward. It's going to carry forward very quickly for him. And uh, we think a top five finish is certainly in the cards for Blaney today. Uh, when we look at his history here, last year he had two top 10 finishes in this race. And he finished fifth in the, the second iteration of this race in 2022. And let's see where he finished in 2021 in 17th. So not a bad race among the four of them, to be frank. And three top 10 finishes. It, Ford, I, we think, has the edge on these kinds of tracks. And 
uh, you know, Blaney, Logano, Keselowski, Gillen, like we just mentioned, Austin Sindrick, Michael McDowell. We really like the Fords today to show up. And uh, Penske knows what it's doing here with uh, Blaney, Sindrick, and, uh, of course, Joey Logano. So we we think that uh, Blaney could have a really good showing. We think he could win. And we're going to tab him for top our favorite top five play at plus 180. We do also like him to win, and that's going to be our first play to win. His odds to win uh, on uh, Caesar Sportsbook right now are plus 1,200, and we like these odds a lot. 12 to 1 we think is great for somebody who is, again, great on these types of tracks, a good track record at this track itself, the previous champion of the series, and relative to some other drivers, we like his odds. Uh, it, we've got uh, Kyle Larson at plus 1,100, Christopher Bell and Kyle Busch at plus 1,100. We like Blaney's odds at 12 to 1, much better than them. We like him better than Denny Hamlin at 12 to 1 here uh, as well. So we're going to go with Ryan Blaney. Our second driver that we're going to go with at 12 to 1 is Chase Elliott. This is his home track. We think Elliott is primed for a comeback year. We think people, fans I don't think have, but it feels like Elliott is not the one who's being talked about. A pretty forgettable 2023, but he's won this race before. He won it the second uh, time around in 2022. He finished sixth in the first instance in 2022 as well. We really like Chase Elliott here in this spot. We think the home track does mean something and we think he's primed for a comeback year. Uh, he finished 13th in the second race of 2023 here. So a win and another top six finish. We think 12 to 1 is really good odds for Chase Elliott. We think he might be a little bit overlooked with all the conversation about the Fords and he knows how to drive on super speedways, and he uh, he's we really think he's primed for a comeback here. And odds-wise, again, him being longer odds than someone like Kyle Larson, like a Kyle Busch, we will take those uh, at plus 1,200. So he's going to be our second driver. And then the last driver we're going to take a flyer on is Austin Sindrick. Now, last week... On the podcast with Krabby Jerkface Candace Fleming, I was mentioning how Austin Sindrick, I don't think he's that talented. I don't think he's that much of a threat to challenge for these races, challenge for the playoffs, those things. He doesn't have uh, as much experience and he hasn't shown much versatility on the circuit thus far. But then you know, during that Daytona race, they cut to Jamie Little, who was doing a, a a little bit of a bit on Austin Sindrick and she kind of changed my mind a little bit on him and maybe I was I was wrong. She was talking about how he is the driver who studies the most among the entire field. It's like he's all he's consumed by racing and is continually looking for ways to improve, not just studying like the physical you know, like being fit and and nutrition and staying in shape and staying ready for the season, not like those sorts of things, but studying like the history of NASCAR, the the races themselves and the tracks themselves and how to uh, best position yourself 
to win these races at the different tracks. And he does not come off like that. So I was very, at least to me, he doesn't. So I was pleasantly surprised, I would say, to hear that report by Jamie Little last week. And so um, I'm encouraged. I've, I've like kind of done a 180 on Cindric. Now, if he, if, if he uh, doesn't show any improvement, I don't know. Maybe my first initial impression of him will be uh, validated. But he does have, in his short career, some success on the super speedways. Of course, at Daytona, he's played. He's uh, he's raced uh, pretty well last year. At this race, he finished eleventh and twelfth. So, very solid showings for Cindric in twenty twenty three at this track. And again, his his limited success in the circuit so far has been at the super speedways. He finished third in the second race in 2022. So we think he's worth a, a smaller play, maybe, I don't know, 0.2 units, something like that, a smaller type of play on him to win this race. And his odds at uh, Caesars right now, I'm just going to double check this quick. I think it's 30 to one. One second here. Yes. So 30 to one. That's going to be our third play for our longest shot winner of the day. Austin Schindler to win the Am Better Health 400. So in summary, these are going to be our plays for today. Last week, we finished one and five. Uh, but So we hope that we can improve. NASCAR is a, tri a tricky sport bet. I will say that. Uh, we're hoping that these these six bets here will improve uh, on our NASCAR record from last week. So our top 10 finishers are Todd Gilliland at plus 175 and Corey LaJoy at plus 200. Our top five finish is going to be Ryan Blaney at plus 180. And our winners, we're going with Ryan Blaney at 12 to 1, Chase Elliott at 12 to 1, and Austin Sindrick at 30 to 1. So that'll do it for this weekend's episode of Racing Best Bets. Enjoy the race today. It is at 3 o'clock on Fox. So tune in at that time. Enjoy the second Super Speedway race of the season. And we'll see you next weekend as well on Racing Best Bets.